Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Back to Ashes. My name is Phoenix. Thank you to the reform members of Back to Ashes. Denise S., Seven Leaf Clover, Through Scrutiny, Samantha Place, Lisa Radford, Stephanie McLaren, Corpse Lover, Mana Ash, Norman D.W., Chrissy Elias, Cindy Cleveland, and Patty's niece. If you would like to become a member of Back to Ashes or find out what my GoFundMe is about, all that information can be found down below. If you are new here or haven't done so already, please don't forget to subscribe like, share, and comment, as it does help this video get pushed into the algorithm and it reminds you every time I upload a video. With all of that being said, it is time to go back to ashes. For once we arise from the ashes, we are a bigger, brighter, stronger, and a happier person in the morning. Sit back, relax, kick back, grab your snacks, or tuck in and get warm and prepare for this dose of vocal melatonin entitled True Followed Home Stories. Right after this intro and ad will play, I'll read the first story and ad will play, and after that there will be no more ads within this video. The trip by foot from my school to my house used to take an hour if I took the road, and 15 minutes if I took the forest path. One day, my two friends and I, we were 10 years old at the time, decided we'd take the forest shortcut. It had been raining recently, so there were only a few paths that weren't flooded. It looked more like a bog than a forest that day. Halfway through our walk home, we see this guy wearing a black hoodie. The hood is up, so we can't really see his face clearly. He's just standing there, looking at us with his hands in his pockets. We start walking faster, and every so often, we'd look back and he's making his way around the flooded areas to follow us. Every time we looked, he slows down and stops and just stares at us. What's worse is that the paths available to go around the flooded areas were foreign to us, so we had no idea which direction we were going. After looking back twice and seeing the guy slowing down and staring at us, we just sprinted out of there until we got to the road. Luckily, the road we exited the forest on was a main road we were familiar with, and we made our way home safely. So, this happened about three years ago. I was 12. Yes, I am still a youngling. At the time. I live in quite a large town. However, my house was relatively close to the center, and it was about a five-minute walk. I had ordered a book to the local bookshop and was going to pick it up. Despite my age, my parents were fine with me going in by myself and quite often asked me to run some errands for them. However... This time, it was just an in-and-out trip. My town is relatively quiet for its size, and is mainly full of elderly people, plus the clothing I was wearing was not very suggestive. It was jeans and a shirt with long sleeves, and it was cropped slightly, and I had a handbag. I was wearing headphones and was no way looking for conversation. However, on the way back home, this scrappy-looking guy who looked like he was in his late teens, maybe early 20s, approached me. Now, keep in mind, my social skills are awful. I get freaked if someone offers me samples in town, 
So the fact this dude was starting to make conversation with me triggered something in my brain to avoid the conversation at all costs. I pretended I didn't see him and walked past, but he continued to follow me and ask me questions. I turned my music down slightly to hear what he was saying, but still pretended to ignore him. He ended up asking me if I wanted to see his van. I snapped and turned to him, asking him if he was effing stupid, then continued to walk. He kept following, so I built up my confidence to ask a couple having coffee to get rid of this guy for me. When he saw I was talking to some people pointing at him, he walked away. I thought that was the end of it, but took a slightly longer route home just in case. But, as luck would have it, walking down a long stretch of road, I saw him at the very end, wandering around a small green patch. I suppose he saw me too, and he turned and started advancing towards me. I picked up the pace and sprinted to the gas station, run by this lovely dude who me and my older sister has many run-ins with. When I got there, I told the guy everything that happened, and he gave me the phone to call my dad. There was only a short way between the station and my house, but I was terrified of going out. My dad picked up the phone and I started telling him what happened and that's when something broke and I burst into tears, which slightly took me by surprise as I was not an easy crier. A few moments later, my dad came and the shoekeeper told him what had happened. We went home and my dad called the police, who later found the guy wandering around said gas station. I hate to think of what would have happened if I did anything different. But, creepy stalker dude, I hope I don't see you again. I've been binging these type of stories on YouTube, and suddenly I was reminded of something that had happened to me. This happened a very long time ago, so this might not be completely accurate, but this is how I remember it. When I was young, elementary school, don't remember what age exactly, I ran away from home. I think I was upset because my parents were giving my brothers more attention than me, which wasn't that rare, to be honest. I'm the middle child, and while all three of us have our issues, I was considered to be the least challenged as my older brother has autism and my younger brother has really bad dyslexia and I was always expected to have straight A's or maybe B's. I remember packing my backpack and writing a note that I left on my parents' bed while they were out. I got about a block away when I saw my dad's truck heading towards the house. I was far enough away down a side street that he didn't even notice me. But a minute or two later, I saw him speeding down the same street, heading away from the house now. I walked a ways away. I think I stopped at a church to sit for a while before I began walking again. A few minutes later, a van pulled up, and a man rolled his window down. He said his dog was missing, and that he had the puppies with him and asked me to come with him to help look for her. I immediately saw the red flags and started running the opposite direction. 
My dad would sometimes do a stranger danger drills with my brothers and I, and one of the situations was the two of us in his car, and him telling my brothers that he had candy or something and asked them to come with, and they screamed, no, and ran towards the house. I got to the gas station nearby and called my parents from there, and they came to pick me up. I remember seeing on the news later, it might have been a few days later, I'm not sure, a picture of the man. I don't remember what his name was or what he was arrested for, but I remember how it felt when I saw his picture and my blood ran cold. I never ran away after that. So, weird man with hypothetical puppies, you got exactly what you deserved. Anyone remember back in 2016, there was this big thing about killer clowns? Well, I didn't believe in any of it at first. I thought it was just one big joke. Until it happened to me. Here's my story. I was in 10th grade when the whole clown thing happened. I didn't really believe it. I thought it was just a big joke. Just a bunch of losers that had nothing better to do but to scare people on Halloween. One night, I was walking home from my boyfriend's house. It was a far walk, but I liked getting out as much as I could and was looking forward for my long walk home. When I finally got to the east end of town near the East Court Mall halfway home, I saw a group of people standing in the parking lot in the dark. They started yelling at me. Now, I'm a 16-year-old female at the time, so I was used to people guys mostly, yelling at me or just whistling at me. Some call it catcalling. At first, I thought it was just a joke, just another group of guys yelling at me from across the street because they have nothing else better to do. I just shook it off when I noticed two of them were walking towards me. I couldn't make out their faces at first until they got a bit closer and were walking behind me now. I kept hearing them yelling at me, but the second time they did it, they started laughing like psychopaths and laughing like clowns. I looked back to see that they were both wearing clown masks, and I could see behind them that there were three more other clowns. I didn't want to panic or show them I was scared, so I just walked a bit faster until I got to the end of my street. I didn't want them to see where I live, so I made a wrong turn and walked up to a house and pretended to go inside. I hid behind a bush to see them walk right by me, until I heard one of them yell out a horrifying clown laugh, and a few others followed, then another clown was yelling at me. I'll find you, pretty lady. Come on, come out and play. We know where your street is, and we will find you. They finally left, and I went home. But a few hours later, I was getting a snack before bed, and I happened to look out of the kitchen window to see a group of clowns walking past my house. This was back in 2014. I had moved off campus and into a really nice part of town. 
I was a junior in college, and this was my first time living on my own. Campus was only two miles away, so I would often walk back home from campus. I would take the bus or catch a ride with a friend to campus. I walked back home because my schedule ending never quite matched up with the bus schedule, and my friend finished two hours before my daily schedule did. I was used to walking the two miles to my apartment. I never thought anything of it because I walked right through the busy area of town, along the second main road. So there were always people around. My apartment was actually a stone throws away from the most popular frozen custard shop in the area. Every night, the parking lot would be packed. So, I'm walking home like usual. I get to the frozen custard shop and notice there's a lot of people tonight. It was just something I always noticed and paid attention to. All of a sudden, this huge red truck pulls up beside me. I'm caught off guard because I have the headphones on. It takes about 30 minutes to an hour to walk home, so I'm normally listening to music or talking on the phone. I stop and take my headphones out and look at the truck. This man, dressed like a country singer, was sitting in the driver's seat. He looks at me and asks where the mall is. I pointed him in the direction to the mall. He said, I've been down that way. I'm a photographer and I'm supposed to be doing a photo shoot at a bar behind the mall. I've lived in this town going on three years now. I know where all the bars are located. Makes it easy when all of them are on the same street. I explained to him, There's no bars by the mall, buddy. They're all on Philly Street. He continued to insist on a bar being behind the mall. All of a sudden, he just changes. He looked at me and asked me to step back, so I did. He looked me over and asked how tall I was. I told him 5'7". He then asked me, I'm doing that photo shoot. Would you like to be a model for it? I told him I don't like getting my photos taken. He insisted, telling me I was beautiful and would look great. I told him my mom and brother are photographers and have tried to get me to model for them, I don't like having my photo taken. Almost like he's giving up on that tactic, he moves to another. He then asked me where I live. I told him not far. He wanted more info. I pointed in the vague vicinity of my apartment, making a point not to actually point at it. This dude then asked if I wanted a ride. I told him, no, it's not far, I'll be fine. He kept insisting I let him give me a ride home. I kept telling him no, stepping further away from his truck. He then, out of nowhere, asked me how he would get to the mall. I told him, go down this road, at the light turn left, the mall will be on your left. He thanked me and started to drive off. I walked slowly to my apartment. I watched his truck get to the light. Instead of turning left, like I had said, he went straight. Going straight leads into a small residential area that you need to know this town well enough to get through. I lived in that town from 2012 to 2017 and still can't figure my way around that area. I made sure that the truck was completely out of sight before I hightailed it to my apartment and locked the door. My dog didn't quite understand what was going on. 
All he knew was he had to go potty bad. I tried to distract him for five or ten more minutes to make sure the coast was clear. My heart sunk when I finally did take him out. The same red truck was parked near the parking lot behind my apartment building. The truck didn't belong there. I'm one that I memorize all the vehicles that are normal for the area. No one had a red truck like that. I went back in and texted people describing the man and the truck to them in case something happened to me. I did not go back out for hours. When I did, the truck was gone. I never saw the man or truck ever again. To the man who tried to abduct me in front of the most popular venue in town on my way home, I hope I never, ever see you again. Before I begin, I apologize for the length of the story. I have a lot of thoughts about this as it was my first and only time I felt legitimately afraid for my life. When I was about eight years old, my parents were going through a divorce and me and my older sister used to spend a lot of time at our grandparents' house. It's a long ranch-style home on a corner in a very nice neighborhood that's a 10-minute walk from a gas station grocery store, and a few fast food restaurants. The streets are long and lined with well-manicured houses cradled by big, scenic California valley hills all around. We were never very wealthy, but my grandpa bought it as a fixer-upper many years ago, and the property value has skyrocketed since then. As you can imagine, it's a very safe spot, and although there weren't many other kids in the neighborhood... It wasn't uncommon to see neighbors walking their dogs or pushing a stroller down the sidewalk outside their home. Although my mom was especially protective all of our lives, this particular neighborhood was densely populated, and my family knew just about everyone who lived there. She grew up in that neighborhood herself, so she was understandably trusting. She would once in a while let me and my sister walk to the Rotten Robbie gas station on the other end of the block to grab a snack. I would always get a ring pop and my sister would grab a Three Musketeers before we made our way back home. My sister was about 11 at the time, and this small amount of freedom was a really big deal to us. Nothing compared to walking down that street all by ourselves in the summertime, laughing and joking around a couple dollar bills in our pockets. I felt like I owned the world. The one oddity I never noticed around the neighborhood was a small camper parked on the side of the road opposite the gas station, right along the back side of the fence of another house. It sat there in the shade like a permanent fixture, all the windows constantly covered by opaque beige curtains. I can't explain why, but it always gave me this deep sense of foreboding when I pass it. I was almost positive someone was living inside it because at times I'd hear the air conditioning running as it sat stagnant in that very same spot. The hairs on my neck would always stand on end as I passed it, particularly as I passed the camper door. And I'd always keep an eye on it for the fear that one day it'd swing open just as I came to pass by. 
I think what bothered me the most was a drawing taped to the door from the inside. It was extremely messy, a sketch of odd lines and a brown-colored pencil that was frustratingly indiscernible. I could see the outline of something, a vague shape, but could never make out what it was intended to be. I never had the nerves to stop and stare long enough to really investigate, but each time I walked by, I'd still a glance. A year prior to the incident I'm about to describe, I was walking with my mom past that camper in the shade. We had just gone to the park nearby and unfortunately had to pass the camper before we would cross the street and continue walking. I didn't want to seem afraid, so I kept on walking right behind her and didn't object when she walked past it. This time, I felt a little more brave. I was frustrated not being able to decipher the drawing for so long, and while my mom was feet away, I stopped in front of the camper door and took a moment to really look at the drawing. Upon closer inspection, the paper was filthy. I remember doing a project in elementary school where we soaked printer paper in black coffee to make it look aged, and that's what it reminded me of. My mom walked on without noticing I'd stopped following her, but my eyes stayed fixed on the indistinct mass of dirt cake scribbles until I could make out what looked to be a tiny malformed face. My stomach turned. I immediately felt cold and disgusted as my eyes trailed over the rest of the image. I didn't know what kind of creature it was at the time, but now I can look back and say the drawing was a badly deformed fetus inside a mass of large, perfect circles, like those made by a circular ring ruler. Its face was contorted as if it were in pain. It was so graphically disturbing and seemed to betray this odd sense of suffering that stuck with me for days. As a child, I didn't know how to process it, and the mental images still make me sick to think about. I'd never seen anything like it before. Adrenaline flooded my body and my chest hurt with fear, but I selfishly thought of my glorious little trips for ring pops and said absolutely nothing as I followed behind my mom. This was, in retrospect, a classically terrible idea. It's one of those things you scream at main characters in movies for, ever since my ill feelings towards the camper had been elevated by the drawing on the door, I thought about it every time we drove by, and about a month later, my mom once again graced us with several bucks and permission to walk down to the Rotten Robbie and grab our respective snacks. I thought about telling my sister about what I'd seen on the way there, but she was older and braver, and I was terrified she'd make me cross the street with her just to check it out. It was a bright, sunny day, and I told myself with false certainty that nothing was going to happen. If I didn't acknowledge it, maybe it'd go away. We walked past the camper, and it was thankfully uneventful. On the walk back, I was feeling more comfortable and was focused on fighting opening my candy wrapper while my sister walked alongside me. We passed the camper a second time but I didn't give it half as much thought as the first time. I don't remember what we were talking about, 
but I recall being interrupted mid-sentence as my sister softly yet firmly said my name. There was a distinct fear in her voice that immediately set me on edge, like a bucket of ice water. All my senses heightened, and I became aware of everything, including the sound of haphazard footsteps about ten feet behind us. It was accompanied by a heavy rustling sound, like a heavy backpack, and nervously, I half turned my head to look. A man with a long, unkept beard and wearing many layers of ragged clothing stood behind us, eyes unmistakably burning into our backs as he walked. His movements were not normal. It was a drunken shuffle, like each of his feet were unimaginably heavy and needed to be moved one grand effort at a time. His shoulders were skewed, head tilted downward with a sharp arch of his neck. I could hear his shoes scraping the gravel with every step, but rather than seeming genuinely intoxicated, it was as if he was intentionally meandering our direction, like a zombie with a direct effort to frighten us. Behind him, I saw the camper door was wide open for the first time in all the years we'd spent living there, and realized this was the man who had been living inside. He's following us, I choked out, my eyes filling with tears. My mind was spinning as I stared straight ahead again, the wide street and sidewalks abnormally empty all around. My sister grabbed my hand. She squeezed it hard enough to hurt without looking my way, speaking carefully under her breath. On the count of three, we race home. She told me in a very serious tone of voice. I couldn't reply through the growing lump in my throat, but every single cell in my body understood we had to put some distance between us and this man as quickly as possible. She began to count steadily while we walked faster, and the most terrifying part is that he started running before we even had a chance to. He must have heard her directions to me and tried to get a head start by sprinting our direction before she got to three. But his footsteps were noisy and we bolted like deer the instant we heard him behind us. I'll never forget it. The chase felt exactly like you would imagined in your nightmares. The fear your pursuer is inches away from grabbing your arm or a fistful of your hair. I pictured myself being dragged into the van with nobody around to see or hear me. We ran so fast we didn't even have the breath to scream. And peering back behind me about ten seconds later, I saw him running our direction with absolutely none of the impairment he showed with those zombie-like steps moments before. I think back on it now, and he may have been deliberately pretending to be handicapped to lower our guard so we wouldn't start running. The thought is terrifying, but I can't rationalize it any other way. We made it to our grandparents' house and, without looking behind us, yanked open the stubborn old door before slamming it closed and scrambling past their excited dogs to get as deep into the house as possible. I don't even think we locked it, as our main goal was getting within the line of sight of any adults as quickly as possible. 
My mom was talking to my grandpa at the table and gave us an amused look when we bounded into the living room. Since we were kids, running around wasn't anything out of the ordinary, and she didn't ask what happened as we collapsed on the couch and tried to catch our breath. The inside of the house felt so safe and felt in such good spirits that I didn't even want to bring up what had just happened, like waking up from a nightmare you didn't want to talk about. I was desperate to go back to normalcy. I wanted to forget it entirely, to unwrap my candy and act like everything was completely normal for the sake of my own sanity, and that's exactly what I did. I asked my sister a few years back if she remembered the incident. I'm 25 and she's 28 now. And her response was strange. She remembered immediately without the need for me to provide details, but she quickly waved it off and insisted he had to have been a bored homeless man looking to spook some kids walking home with no real intent to harm anyone. I don't know. I'd like to believe it's some innocent misunderstanding, but like they always say about gut feelings, they're rarely wrong. I feel in my soul that he wanted to hurt me and my sister that day. I never told her or anyone else about the strange drawing on the door, and I'm not sure if my sister saw the open door and connected him to the camp or not. It's one of my biggest regrets, as I would hate for any other children to have been less fortunate after innocently walking past the camper in the shade. I believe he may have chosen the spot between the park and gas station deliberately due to the number of children walking around the area. I never saw the camper again a day or so after this. I'm not proud of how I handled this and would encourage anyone who finds themselves in a similar situation to contact authorities immediately for the safety of others around. I don't know if maybe this whole story comes off as melodramatic, but it was very very real and was very frightening in a way I can't forget. So, possibly deranged camper guy by the gas station. Whatever your intent was, I'm sure glad we didn't stick around to find out. This story took place around the end of January 2020. For reference, I'm a 19-year-old female, and I'm 5'4 to 5'5. This takes place in Canada, and where I live in Canada, we tend to have a pretty cold winter that stays until the end of March. But this year, it seemed as if Mother Nature had no interest in sticking around, which meant I could walk with my winter jacket open at night. Not really, but oh well. Anyways, so I'm a uni student and my uni is all the way across the city from where I live. With the bus, it takes me about an hour and a half to get home, latest being two hours, only during snowstorms. This semester, I was taking a night class that would usually end at 9 p.m. On this particular night, though, we did an extra half hour because we had an in-class test at the end of the week. This extra half an hour was optional, but since I needed help, I decided to stay. Me staying resulted into me missing the safe bus, 
which was essentially the bus whose last bus stop was the local mall, which is where my mom would pick me up usually. If I wanted to take the safe bus, I would have to wait an hour for the next one, or I could wait another five minutes and catch the bus that would take me straight to my house. I was exhausted because I'd been on campus since 8 a.m., and it was just an overall chilly day, so I decided to just catch the bus that was coming in five minutes. I should tell you, I do not live in the safest neighborhood. It's not the most dangerous one in my city, but I'd say it's in the top five of the most dangerous neighborhoods out there. So, whatever the bus ride is, fine. I saw the local crackheads, which was nothing new to me, and after about an hour and a half, I get off at my bus stop, which is along the busy-ish road, and I start walking home. About two streets from where I have to turn to get onto my street, I see these drunk men standing outside of the bar that's located on the corner of my street. Now these men, they don't actually touch me or anything, but they're very vocal about things. They tend to catcall and just harass women, but I'm used to it, so, like, whatever, to hell with them. However, I was not in the mood for their shit that day, so I decided to turn one street before mine and then just cut through my back lane later. As I turn on the street, I can see a man walking on the same sidewalk going in the same direction, so I decided to go to the opposite sidewalk. He was quite tall and skinny, but he was like 30, 40 feet ahead of me, plus he didn't even see me, so I didn't think too much of it. Now, that night was very, very clear, and the stars were shining super bright, so as I was walking, I decided to look up and admire them. I kept walking, and then I also stopped and took a photo, which turned out pretty nice, by the way. So I stood there looking at the stars for maybe about 20 seconds and then decided to continue walking. I looked to see where the man was and just caught him turning left. I had to continue going straight, so I kept walking. Plus, it was a very quiet night, so I figured I'd hear someone if they were behind me or anything. I lived nearby a train track, and as I crossed the train tracks and took about 10 steps forward, I hear a tapping noise behind me. I looked back and saw the same man from before, speed walking about 35 feet behind me, tapping along the side of the cars parked at the side. As soon as we made eye contact, he slowed down and looked up as if he were looking for something. I didn't want to assume anything just yet, so I decided to start skipping, while also trying to be a bit faster. I looked back behind me again, and this man was now maybe 25 feet behind me, and I just booked it. I ran so freaking fast because the back lane to my house was super close. As I was sprinting and went to turn the corner to get to my back lane, I looked to my side and saw the man running also. I legit felt my heart drop to my stomach, and I just prayed I could quickly get to the front of my house quick. I ran and thankfully got to the front door, but I didn't have my keys out, so I'm like out of breath, 
panicking while looking for my keys at an ungodly speed, and finally, after what felt like hours, but was only a couple of seconds, I got my keys and opened my door, and I just slammed it shut and locked it. I caught my breath before going up the stairs because I didn't want to freak my parents out. It's safe to say that I won't be taking any late classes for a very long while. I'm a 26-year-old female from Michigan, but I was 20 at the time this took place. I live in a safe town, and I was working at a Walmart in the next town over, which is an even safer town. I work midnights because I am definitely not a people person. Every day I would go home on my lunch to see my new puppy, who, to this day, has kept me going through countless problems in my life. Working midnights, there was basically no cars on the road when I was going home on my lunches. It was when I was four miles from work at a stoplight that I noticed a car had been behind me for a mile or two. I drive like a grandma and always go the speed limit, so there wasn't a reason for someone to stay behind me with clear open road all over. I keep on my way home. The car is still behind me another mile. I thought, okay, that's weird, but maybe it's a coincidence. I then had to turn on the side street that only has neighborhoods along either side for about a mile. You guessed it, the car turned too. I started to get worried, but still brushed it off. Maybe they lived down that street. It was when I turned into my neighborhood, I started to lose it when the car was still following me. I turned down my street, but didn't pull up into my driveway because I didn't want to lead this creeper to my house. So I kept driving and took another way back out of the neighborhood. The car was still following me. Just to be positive before I called 911, I drove through my neighborhood the same way as before and he followed again. I got back on the main road from the side street and called 911 crying because I was terrified, and explained the situation to them. I headed back towards my work. She asked where I was, and I told her the crossroads, and, lucky me, there was a patrol unit a mile up. Yeah, the car still following me. She stayed on the phone with me and told me to pull into the 7-Eleven at the crossroads the police were close to. The car pulls in after me as well. The dispatcher lady told me to turn my hazard lights on so the police knew which car was which. The car must have seen the police car and tried to leave. Not today, buddy. They stopped him on his way turning out. I was just parked in a spot crying hysterically. An officer comes over and asks if I know a Michael Stonebreaker. I say no, I don't. The officer continues to say he has a good amount of heroin on him, and this isn't his first arrest, so he'll be going away for a while. Why did he follow me? What was his motive? The officer also said the creeper said he was following me because he thought I was his friend. Well, why didn't he pull up to me at the red light we were stopped at? 
Why wouldn't he have tried to get my attention somehow? That was a very terrifying experience for me, even if it doesn't sound scary to some of you. This taught me a valuable lesson, though. Please pay attention to your surroundings, day or night. Anything can happen anywhere, even in a safe town. This is something that happened several years ago. I think maybe five or six. I used to go for lots of walks around my area. My neighborhood is literally against the back of a small shopping center. It has a grocery store, a pet smart, an outlet, and a couple of food options all in that one lot. I was trying to get in better shape, so I would walk about every other day, reward myself with a small meal, and walk back home. I remember having a couple kind of creepy weird things, like a dude pulled up in his truck once and was like, Hey, uh, I think I know you. You look familiar. Wanna ride? <laughs> no thanks, buddy. Anyway, one day I had walked down the street a couple blocks because a friend was supposed to meet me at Subway and we were going to hang out a bit but he got caught up in family drama and never showed. So I just grabbed a coffee from a nearby place and started my walk home. As I got to the shopping plaza right next to my neighborhood and was walking by the parking lot for the grocery store, I heard a guy calling out. I glanced over and there was a dude who looked like he was putting groceries into his car, waving frantically and calling to me. I ignored him at first, because I didn't recognize him, and just assumed it wasn't me whose attention he was trying to get. However, as I continued walking, he seemed to keep trying to get my attention. So I kind of gingerly waved back and continued on my way. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw him get into his car, and I thought that was the end of it until he started driving along the parking lot at my pace. His window rolled down as he attempted to wave me over. I tried to ignore him and just walked faster towards home. When I got to where the sidewalk opened up so many people could exit the lot out onto the street, he pulled his car up in front of me, blocking my way. There was a million things racing through my mind at that moment and he rolled the passenger side window down and grabbed onto my arm and smiled at me and said, Oh, I just wanted to tell you, you are so beautiful, and you have lovely hair. I just wanted to tell you how beautiful you are when I saw you walking. I thanked him nervously, and he let go of me, rolled up his window, and drove off. I know this one's pretty harmless, but I was extremely terrified. I think I was 22 or 23 then, and to add on, I am by no means the standard of attractiveness. I've always been decently overweight and kind of acne and skin issues ridden, so it caught me off guard. So, dude who thought it was okay to make me feel totally unsafe and officially scared the shit out of me, to the point I no longer walk around my area alone for the sake of a small compliment. Please, 
Let's never meet again. This happened a few years ago, when I was still living with my mom, and I had borrowed her car to go see my then-boyfriend for the evening. It was around midnight when I got back to my neighborhood, so the roads were empty, and that's when I noticed this dirty, run-down, rusted, white utility van that a maintenance guy would drive following me. I never ever saw the driver's face, but I got this immediate sinking feeling in my stomach because something felt wrong about this van. Now, I was only 20 at the time, but I knew better than to just drive straight to my house and letting this person know exactly where I live, no matter how desperately I wanted to just go home and ignore it. But I also wasn't 100% sure they were actually following me yet. I didn't want to jump to conclusions just because it was late and I was alone and being paranoid. So I drove to a shopping complex a few minutes out of the way that's well lit and has a public library to see if I was being followed there. I thought I lost the van but decided to wait in the parking lot for a few minutes because I had a bad feeling I just couldn't shake. Sure enough, the van showed up and was driving in random circles around the parking lot, looking for me. This scared me quite a bit, so I drove towards the big mall here that's always got security and police presence, because it was the midway point between where I was and where I lived. I parked in a pretty well-lit, although empty, 24-hour McDonald's parking lot where I had a great view of the roads and the mall so I wasn't super easy to spot, and waited to see if the van showed up looking for me. It did. And, of course, this would be the one time security and the cops are nowhere to be found, which was half the reason I decided to head there in the first place. Realizing whoever was driving this van was 100% actively following me in the middle of the night, I knew just driving home was not an option. And that's a terrifying realization. Luckily, the police station is just a few minutes away from where I was. So, I try and discreetly drive away hoping the van hasn't noticed me yet. I wasn't that lucky because it was long before the van was back in my rearview mirror. At this point, I'm panicking pretty hard, and my anxiety is high. I finally pulled into the police station parking lot and seconds later, the van came to a stop in the middle of the road for no more than a few seconds. I'm guessing just long enough for them to realize where I led them, and they took off immediately, very quickly. I did make it home safe, and without seeing the van again. Not long after, but this whole ordeal took up at least an hour of my night. It was after 1 a.m. by the time I made it home, and I was terrified the entire time. I don't know what the guy's specific intentions was, but honestly, I don't need to know. I knew it was nothing good, and I likely avoided a very bad situation. If you think someone is following you, it's not stupid or paranoid to make sure you aren't right. 
Who knows what might have happened if I had led them to my house or gotten out of my car. This happened back in the 90s, when I was still in primary school, so I really had no clue how much danger I was in. I would have been around 11 years old, living in a regional city of Australia. For the last year, I had been having a lot of trouble at school, getting bullied a bit by classmates and felt really singled out by my teacher. My mom worked around the corner from the school, so when everything would get too much at school, I would literally just walk out of class, down the road, and onto her work site. It would take me about half an hour to walk there, along a main road. A couple of times I noticed a small white car drive past me slowly, but I only noticed this because I would see the same car go up and down the street as I was walking and while I was sitting outside of my mom's work site. After a while, I started seeing the same car drive up my street at home and parked along the streets that my brother and I would ride our bikes around in. I don't remember thinking it was strange because it was a small town and it wasn't unusual to see the same cars and people. It was just like, oh, there goes that car again. Anyway... My family followed a serious routine. Mondays, swimming and tutoring. Tuesdays, netball training. Wednesday, netball game. Thursdays, basketball training. Friday, we would go and see professional basketball or football depending on the season. Saturday was my brother's basketball games. And Sundays were our day to go to the river with friends for swims and a barbecue lunch. Never changed unless someone was sick. So, one Friday night, I am dressing and ready to go watch the basketball game, but I can't find my shoes. I'm pretty sure that they are in the car, which is in a garage under our two-story house. To get to it, I have to walk down the outside steps at the front of the house, which has a full view of the road. I walked out the front door, and at the end of our driveway is a small, white car. Now, I have never taken that much notice of the white cars up until this point, and it wasn't uncommon for cars to park in this exact spot for our neighbors, but I just got a sinking feeling in my stomach when I looked at it. I kept walking down the stairs, and as I got close to the bottom, the driver's side door opens and a man gets out quickly. I keep walking towards the garage, and he starts moving towards our driveway. This was the point when something inside me just told me to scream for my parents and run and lock myself in the car. I did exactly that. And this guy, who was halfway up my driveway at this point, turned around, ran back to his car, and drove off. By the time my parents came out, there was no evidence that this had happened, and they didn't believe me. A week later, there was a notice in our school newsletter about a man in a white car attempting to abduct another child from my school on the same night. My parents were very shaken and took me seriously after reading that. 
I don't believe he was ever caught, but it definitely taught me to listen to my intuition and take notice of my surroundings. So, to the man in the white car, let's not meet again and stay the F away from little kids. Alrighty, dear listeners, I'm so sorry this is going to be a shorter video than usual. As these were all the stories I could find, I'll make it up to you in the next story. If you are sleeping, I hope Slumberland is treating you comfortably. If you are awake, I hope you've enjoyed this collection. Until next time, please keep yourself safe. Always check your surroundings. I'll read to you soon. Have a good morning, a good afternoon, or good evening. Peace, love, and light to you all.